Welcome back to Far From Perfect. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and I had a lot of fun with today's episode. This is just me, but it is the ideas of myself and my team of Lift to Get Lean coaches. We came up with a list of lies that we tell ourselves as it pertains to nutrition and fat loss. And you are going to recognize, you're going to recognize some of these lies, and I will be very honest with you. Some of these lies are lies that I have told myself, and maybe lie is a strong word. Maybe it's stories that we tell ourselves, but here's the deal, right? When we tell ourselves these stories and we believe these lies, the only one we're holding back is ourselves, right? We're not hurting anyone else except ourselves, and it's only holding us back from reaching our goals. So I know sometimes we want to believe these things and we can rationalize these these behaviors and these tendencies in our brains, but if you look at it uh, through a different lens, you might realize maybe that's not true. So enjoy listening to this episode, a little bit more real talk. And as I mentioned in last week's episode, we are in the very middle of our current Lift to Get Lean and Revive rounds. Our next round will start in August. I don't have the exact date just yet, but if you would like to join the wait list so that you are the first to know when the program launches and is open, join the wait list. I'll put a link in the show notes and you can also always reach that link through my Instagram bio at the Kylie Larson. The wait list is also the only place where I give a discount. So I open up to the wait list before everyone else via email with a small discount um, and that is only available to those people on the wait list. So without further ado, get ready for the lies we tell ourselves. So I am excited for this episode because it's a continuation of real talk. Um, you guys know that I have an amazing VIP community and in that community, I've got people who've been with us for several years and then um, a team of coaches. And right now, as I record this, it is summertime and the summer is proving to be just a little bit of a challenge for, I would say a lot of people. I don't, I don't want to say for everyone, for some people, the summer is more of an ideal time to, um, to focus on fat loss goals. For example, coach Leanne, summer is easier for her. Her work is not quite as busy. She has more free time. Um, she's not traveling as much for work, things of that nature. So it is a good time for her. For me, it's a little bit more challenging because I like doing things in the summer. I am not a big alcohol drinker, but for some reason the sun comes out, it makes me want to have like a margarita. And I know a lot of people um, fall in that same boat with me. And then especially in this particular year, the summer of 2022, it is, I feel like the first summer post pandemic where people are going places. I, people are going, they're like making up for trips that they missed for the past two years. So they are on the go, they're doing things and it's, it's showing up like in macros and in habits. And the, what I don't want is for us to get to August and September and then have a bunch of freakouts. Because in my mind, there should be no freakouts when it comes to weight loss or fat loss. Because if you are self-regulating on a consistent basis, you don't all of a sudden gain 20, 30 pounds and freak out thinking you need to lose 20 to 30 pounds in a month. 
So that's my big thing. To me, there should not be any emergencies because also you don't want to have a deadline on your fat loss goals because that puts so much pressure on someone to say, I want to lose 20 pounds by September 30th because you have no control over that. Now, back to today's subject. Now, I, we're, we're, we're understanding that people are having a challenging time, but sometimes we don't want to look at what's actually happening. And when we're in fat loss, we tell ourselves some stories. And even when we're in maintenance, we tell ourselves some stories. Also, we tell ourselves some lies. And we believe these lies that we tell ourselves because they help rationalize our behavior. They make us feel good about what it is that we are doing. So in this episode, I'm going to go through a list of lies that we tell ourselves as it pertains to nutrition and fat loss. And this was a lot of fun. This was a post that I made in our VIP community this week, and it got some really good additions from our clients and and our members. So I'm just going to start right off with um, the first one here that I shared, and it is, I don't need to track in maintenance or my reverse because it doesn't matter. Well, you guys hear me talk a lot about reverse dieting and living in maintenance, but if you're not tracking, especially through your reverse, you could totally like go too far too fast in terms of adding your calories and not understand what your maintenance is. And if you don't kind of check in every now and then with your maintenance, you don't know how much you're eating, right? If you don't log it, how do you know? So how do you know that that's true? How do you know you're only eating 2,100 calories? How do you not know that you're eating 3,000 calories? Tracking is especially important in the reverse diet, not so much in maintenance, and we'll talk about that later, but in your reverse, you have got to track. I know you have tracking fatigue at the end of fat loss. I know you want to be so done with my fitness pal or my macros plus, but reverse diet is part of fat loss. If you want to keep that weight off, if you want to keep that fat off your body that you did lose, you've got to follow through. Do not drop the ball in your reverse diet because your body is primed to store fat post fat loss phase, post deficit. So if you don't take that time and do your due diligence, you could end up, you know, in that quick rebound period. My hope is not that but it is possible. So that's the first lie that we tell ourselves. I don't need to track in my reverse diet because it doesn't matter. Second lie we tell ourselves. And and, and, and also I want you to know, I am guilty of these lies as well. The second lie, and these are in no particular order. I'm logging everything, but are you right? If you are logging at the end of the day, I can guarantee you're not logging everything. If you are taking a bite of this, a taste of that, you are not logging everything. Are you logging your cooking spray, your cooking oil spray? Are you logging your coffee creamer? Are you logging who knows what else? But you have got to log everything. If you are in fat loss, especially, right? That's when it is more important. And also, if if you're in fat loss and you're not reaching your goals, if you're not seeing the changes that you want to be seeing, this is the lie that we really need to look at. Are you logging 
everything, salad dressings, cooking oils is a real big one. I already mentioned the coffee creamer, but just notice. Um, another lie, I gained two to three pounds of fat overnight. So depending on how often you weigh yourself, you step on the scale. And if you are weighing yourself every day, let's say it does go up three pounds. A lot of people freak out and they think they see that three pound weight gain and they think it's fat. It is not fat. You guys know there's a ton of reasons why the scale fluctuates. None of them include that you gained three pounds of fat overnight. It could be how late did you eat? What was your training like yesterday? Do you need to go to the bathroom? Are you about to start your period? How much salt did you have yesterday? All kinds of things impact that number on the scale and literally zero of them include gaining three pounds of fat overnight. That is impossible. Uh, another lie. I love cardio. It's my stress release. Let me first start off by saying I am not a cardio hater. I love cardio. In fact, you may have read my post on Instagram. I love cardio too much. That's why I have to be really mindful about it. Um, but if you say you love cardio and it is your stress release, I just want you to examine that. Do you really love cardio? Is it truly your stress release or are you afraid to let it go? Again, I'm not anti-cardio, but if you're consistently doing cardio and it's part of your training plan, are you eating enough to sustain your activity levels? That's what we need to examine. Like I said, we can tell ourselves anything to rationalize why we do a certain behavior. And also, if exercise is your only form of stress release, whether it's lifting or cardio, we need to find something else because exercising is also a stress on the body. Yes, it is a good stress, but all kinds of stress added up, add to that allostatic load. And the minute you, you know, you add the needle to the haystack and it's too much, everything comes crumbling down. So just examine your relationship with exercise, especially with cardio as it pertains to stress release. Um, if you're not losing pounds, it means that it's not working. That's a lie. Progress comes in so many shapes and forms. Are you getting stronger? Are you recovering better? Are you moving better? Um, is your range of motion improved? Are you sleeping better? Are you sticking to your habits? Are the inches changing? What are your photos saying? Is your decision-making better? Are you following through for yourself? That means what you are doing is working. Don't just look for progress on the scale because you will be sorely disappointed. Uh, the next lie. Uh, we've already talked about not logging cooking oils or sprays, but let, let me deep dive into this for just one second. So let's say you're using a spray olive oil. I want you to look on the side of that can if you haven't before. It says zeros across the board, like zero calories, zero fat. But it says for like a 0.03 second spray. Well, I can't even tell you how fast that is. So what I like to do, I just log like a tablespoon of olive oil just to cover my bases, depending on how much I, I use, I just log one or two tablespoons of olive oil so that I account for it. And I say in this instance, better over than under. Okay. So at least log something. Um, on to the next lie. This is, this pertains well to all phases, truly. I'm so full. So we hear this a lot, especially with new clients who get their macros, which are indeed fat loss macros, but they're saying I'm so full while eating 1600 calories 
And of that being like 130 to 150 grams of protein, you are not so full. How do I know that? Number one, that's not a lot of food. Number two, it might feel like a lot in the beginning, but that's because you are eating more nutrient dense foods, especially when it comes to that protein. So protein is more satiating. You are actually satisfied. You are not so full. You are satisfied. And this is why your cravings go down. And this is why you don't snack anymore because you're not hungry for that junk food that you'll eat whether you're hungry or not, right? I'm not, I don't have to be hungry to eat Cheetos. I don't have to be hungry to eat Oreos. I don't have to be hungry to eat licorice or ice cream for that matter, or cookies, <laughs> right? Those are high reward foods. So I'm going to eat them no matter how much room I have left in my tummy. But this, I'm so full. We have to examine this. Listen to the podcast that I did with Stephanie Mara Fox. Um, oh gosh, it's, it's the most recent episode with her. I'll have to put it in the show notes, which one it is. But we talk about why we cannot trust our hunger and satiety cues, at least in the beginning. And this is why tracking is so valuable at, from the standpoint of learning how much I actually need to eat for my health. Like what, what do I need to eat to maintain where I'm at? And most people are surprised by that. Most people are also surprised how much they can eat and also lose fat. But with I'm so full, a lot of us, we, we're afraid to feel full. We don't, we don't like feeling hungry and we have ignored our hunger cues for so long that we don't understand. Like it's, we've been ignoring our body. So this is foreign territory. We don't know how to listen to our body in this instance. And so when you start tracking and logging from this point of, okay, what, how much can I actually eat and maintain? Then you will learn what is your actual capacity. But this I'm so full oftentimes is an excuse to not finish off your carbohydrates or honestly not finish off your protein or not finish off your fat because you are, you're afraid to eat more, not more in a surplus, more for your goal, whether it is fat loss or maintenance with muscle building, if muscle building is your goal and you are eating in a surplus, you will feel full, but that's part of the process because you need to eat more in order to actually build muscle. If you're truly committed to building muscle in like a building phase, you're going to feel full and you're going to have to eat at times you don't want to. Most of you are not in that category, right? Most people I don't think are willing to do that because they're afraid of it. Not all of you. I can think of three people who are clients right now that are not afraid of that, but that's not the majority of people. But it just goes back to, you know, we tell ourselves we're so full, but it's a lie that we tell ourselves that we don't have to eat all of our macros. Um, another one, I'm vegan, so I can't hit my protein goal. Now, vegans, it is harder for you. Vegetarians, it is harder for you. And if you work with us, we do set you on the lower end of that acceptable range, but it can be done. And I know it can be done because I have clients who do it. And my client, Kelly, Kelly, if you listen to this, you do such a great job. I mean, she doesn't go out a lot is what she's told us. She makes a lot of her food at home. That's also a sign of someone who like maintains this healthy lifestyle. I have a story about that later on. Um, you can do it. You have to be creative about it and you have to be mindful of that carb to protein ratio because a lot of your protein sources contain carbohydrates as well, but it can be 
done. And then we always have to ask the question, right? Why are you vegan? And if it's for moral reasons and all that more power to you, I love that. But if you're vegan because you think it's going to help you lose weight, you're wrong, right? It's not superior for, for fat loss. The only thing superior for fat loss is a caloric deficit whilst, whilst maintaining hormonal health. Um, this is such a good one too. That's this great for the summertime, you guys. So I've been off track for two weeks. So I'll just extend my fat loss phase for two more weeks. You've heard me talking about how fat loss phase should be a limited amount of time. Typically, we like to say between 12 and 16 weeks, depending on how much weight you have to lose and how your body is responding. But you can't just add on two weeks because you haven't been compliant. And I like to say that to increase adherence and compliance. You don't have forever to Mickey Mouse around in your fat loss phase, right? Commit to it for that three-month period, four months max. And know that this is your shot. This is your shot for fat loss. You, you, you can't just add on a week because you were off a week. That's not how this works because your body is still, it's still interpreting that you're in fat loss. So everything that happens in fat loss, your thyroid slowing down, your hormone levels in terms of like leptin and ghrelin, ghrelin is going up and leptin is going down. And those are your hunger and satiety hormones. Your metabolism is downregulating. Your non-exercise activity is going down. All of that stuff is happening. So the longer you do that, the longer you're, you're downregulating your metabolism in general. So we don't want you to be in that fat loss for too long because- you're going to have to reverse diet even longer. You're going to have to build up your metabolism again. Bottom line, we're not trading good behavior for bad. Do your time in fat loss and then get your reverse diet and live in maintenance as long as you can. Um, oh, this is a classic one too. I'm five pounds away from my goal weight. Well, and this doesn't apply to everyone. Some people legit have weight to lose, right? This is for those people who you're in a great spot. You're in a great spot. If someone were to look at you, no one would say, oh, she or he needs to lose weight. But for some reason, you think that you do. And I am all for aesthetic goals. Believe me, I am. I want you to look the way that you want to look because it's something that you want to do. But that look that you're after isn't, isn't five pounds away. It might be five pounds more, five pounds more muscle. And my um, addition to this was, if you still have a goal weight, we need to talk because goal weight, I mean, it, so it does mean something, right? It's gravitational pull. It is, it is data. But once you're in a healthy weight range, it doesn't really matter. And once you've been living this lifestyle and you're lifting weights, and let's say for a few years, you're going to start gaining weight. I probably weigh 10 pounds more than I did five years ago. In fact, I know I do. I don't probably, I know that I do. I'm not fatter. I just, my body is different. My body composition is different. I am 10 pounds heavier because I have 10 pounds more of muscle on my body. So the weight conversation, it's a nuanced conversation, but the longer you've been doing this and longer you've been strength training, the scale weight becomes less of an indicator of what's uh, of the picture that is, that's truly there. 
Um, here's another one. Okay. Moving on, moving on. I'm getting stronger. I have more energy. I'm sleeping better, but my stomach isn't getting smaller. So I must be eating too much. So those are all other forms of progress, but you're getting hung up on the fact that your waist measurement hasn't changed. Some where you lose weight last or where you lose fat last is where you lose fat last. For me, it's my hips. That's the last place I lose. You'll see me lose it in my face. You'll see me lose it in my arms. You'll see my core tighten up. The last place on me is my butt and my thighs or my hips rather. Some people hold their weight in their stomach. That's the last place to go. Some people, it is the back of the arms. For women, it's not typically the arms. It's more the trunk or the hips. But just because the stomach measurement isn't changing, but everything else is getting better, what you're doing is working. You don't need to change a thing. Um, I'm in maintenance, but I'm gaining weight. So I need to go right back to fat loss. Okay. So if you're in maintenance, but you're gaining weight, something is saying, okay, maybe I'm eating more. So first order of business, just start logging again, start logging your food, everything, Go back to lie number two, log everything so you can get a clear picture on what it is that you are eating. Because if you're gaining, then you're in a surplus, right? Now, there, the one caveat could be that you're gaining muscle. So let's now also look at pictures. What are your pictures saying? What are clothes saying? But if you've only been in maintenance for like three months, so you reverse dieted, you're living in maintenance for three months so far. And for some reason, the scale's going up consistently. You do not need to go right back into fat loss. My guess is you just need to be more consistent and accurate with your maintenance macros. You do not need to rush back into fat loss. This is not, it's not been long enough. The speaking of the summer, I'm, it's too hot to eat. I'm too hot to eat. This is just another reason for you not to hit your macros. You're too afraid to eat and you should not be afraid of food. Stop lying to yourself and saying that it's too hot to eat. You just are looking for a reason to not eat. Next one. I'll move a little faster because I have several more. <laughs> There's lots of lies that we tell ourselves. One member was like, it's quite the comprehensive list. Like we've thought about this for a long time. Um, I can't make healthy meals because my family won't eat them. Well, the way I look at it, if you're cooking, you're in charge. Eat it or don't. Don't put that much power in other people's hands. And that is, this is an excuse. What you want matters. And your family needs to understand what's important to you. And also cooking healthy does not mean it's bland and it's boring. We pretty much, I mean, we kind of split the cooking 50-50 here at my house, but it's all very much macro-friendly food, no matter what phase either of us is in, whether it's a fat loss or a maintenance, right? Grilling is yummy and delicious. It's not bland. One sheet meals, roasted or baked, yummy and delicious. If you can have sides of certain things, like maybe you don't have room for a lot of rice, but your partner does, you can still make rice for them. And maybe you don't take any. Like there are tons of ways to eat healthy, macro-friendly meals that don't include steamed broccoli, boiled rice, and or boiled chicken, and some other bland side. 
your family needs to understand what's important to you. And I mean, the way, again, I'll say this again. If you're cooking, you're in charge. If you don't like what I'm cooking and you don't want to eat it, then make your own. And you know, a lot of people talk about their kids don't want to eat whatever. It's not, Brooks oftentimes eats something different. Now that he's nine, he does eat more of the grilled stuff, like the chicken and he loves steak. He loves ribs but he also just loves spaghetti. So even if I'm having something totally different, it's easy for me to boil a pot of water and make him spaghetti or macaroni and cheese or put a pizza in the oven. So it's not, it's not like I feel like I'm slaving in the kitchen making several different meals. If anything, I'm just making him a side of pasta. So just look, look examine that thought, examine your thought. And if you have not read, Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Read that book. There's a line that she says in there that talking about our kids, they don't need another martyr, something to that effect. So I can't do this because my family, like, don't be that. Don't be that example for your kids because you're teaching your daughters how to be and you're teaching your sons uh, what to look for in a partner right? Someone who is totally self-sacrificing. What kind of example do you want to set for your kids? Someone who, you know, stands up and goes after for what they want, or someone who just lays down like a rug and gets walked all over. Something to think about. Um, this one I'm doing ever quote unquote, I'm quote unquote, doing everything right and still not losing weight, but having several drinks on the weekends, going to bed late, not tracking macros, going through the motions at the gym. So this is something, and we all do this, right? I'm doing everything right, but I'm not seeing progress. Well, first order of business, examine those weekends. A couple cocktails each day adds up. Yes, they can fit, but your body does not metabolize alcohol like it does the other macronutrients. Those drinks lead to other things, right? We don't always make the best decisions after we've had a couple of cocktails. That then, what time are you going to bed? Are you getting seven to nine hours of quality sleep? Let's throw the alcohol in there. Maybe you are getting seven to nine hours of sleep, but if you're drinking before going to bed, alcohol messes with your sleep. Anecdotally, I can tell you because of my aura ring, my body temperature's elevated, Um, I toss and turn throughout the night. I don't get as great of a recovery score. The quality of my sleep is poor post-alcohol. So just look at that. Um, Are you, if, if you're trying to lose weight, but you're not tracking your macros, it can be done, yes, but you still don't have that data to look at. So start logging everything. And then what's your training like? Are you training with intent, intent and intensity? right? Back two years ago, Josh, um, Josh and I talk a lot about that in our podcasts. You're not, you can't just be walking through the motions. You need to be training in a way that is challenging, right? You're lifting heavy for you. That's a relative term. You're pushing yourself. It doesn't mean every set you're going to failure, but you're giving your muscles enough of a stimulus to actually change, to adapt. And when muscles adapt, that means they get stronger, they grow. That's how you get lean. That's how you increase your metabolism. Um, classic one here, I'm too busy to eat. We'll file this under <laughs> big fat lies, we tell ourselves. You need to plan your meals just like you plan your workouts and plan your other meetings. 
oftentimes this is also just an excuse not to eat, but then also this catches up to you. So you're too easy, too busy to eat in the morning, like getting kids off to school, getting to work, getting to meetings and all that stuff. You're working through lunch. And then all of a sudden it's three o'clock, you're ravenous. And then you feel like, oh, I haven't had anything to eat all day so I can eat whatever. This is so classic, right? This is like rule number one. So just examine that. I'm too busy to eat. You need to be eating and it doesn't take that long to eat. It takes me longer than most people because I'm a slow eater. But are you really too busy to eat or you just not want to eat? Are you afraid to eat? And then also, what is this doing to you? If, if you are feeling too busy to eat, notice what's that, what that is doing to your days. Like I know a lot of um, nurses who truly are on their feet for 12 hours and it is hard to find time to eat, but how can you carve out some time? We have to figure it out. I mean, does it mean I go in the bathroom and I eat a protein bar? I don't know, but we need to figure that one out. Oh, this is great. Speaking of reverse diets, I can't eat more than 200 grams of carbs without eating processed food. It's just too much. Well, we are so afraid to eat carbohydrates. We forget that carbs are great for us, right? We forget that, oh, I can just eat more sweet potato. Oh, I could just eat more fruit. Oh, I can just have some actual, you know, two slices of bread instead of having an open face sandwich or instead of having a wrap, I can actually have a sandwich. There are lots of ways to increase your carbohydrates. You don't have to turn to Pop-Tarts and cookies and donuts in order to get there. You can have rice. You can have quinoa. I mean, I already talked about fruit. You can have those starchier carbohydrates and that's going to help you. And once you have 200 grams of carbs to play with, then you also have lots more room to get more fiber in. And we should all be looking at eating more fiber for a healthy gut biome, for healthy digestion. 200 grams of carbohydrates is really not that much We've just gotten so used to this quote unquote low carb lifestyle that the minute we, you know, we start eating more carbs, we forget that there's real rice instead of cauliflower rice. We forget that you can have two slices of bread with a sandwich. You forget that fruit is not the devil. And once you start adding those things back in, you're like, oh, okay, now I can do this. Um, my body responds better to more fat. I love this because this is classic. I'm afraid of carbs. This is a lie that says, I don't want to eat more carbs, but I will eat more fats because I think carbs make me fat. They don't. They don't. The only thing that makes you fat is eating more than what you are utilizing through the day. It's not carbs. It's not fat. It's not protein. It's just eating in a surplus. Um, oh yeah, here's a good one. Not pertaining to um, nutrition, but exercise. I don't need a rest day. Well, you do. And this is the lesson. This was probably one of the hardest ones for me to learn. You do need a rest day. We all need a rest day. You are not special. Even if you are an endurance athlete and you're used to training for so many times a week, two a days, you need a rest day. And if we're afraid of resting, like we're afraid of eating more, that's what needs to be looked at. You need to examine why am I doing this? Why do I not feel worthy of rest? What am I afraid will happen if I do rest? Use those rest days for days that you do your meal prep. Those of you that are so busy and don't have time to meal prep, which is another lie we tell ourselves. 
What else could you be doing with your time instead of that hour or more workout? Um, and especially ladies over 35. We cannot push and grind the same way that we used to. We can't get away with that. We can't get away with that same old behavior. It will backfire because 35 plus into those perimenopausal years, stress management is paramount. So really watch yourself there and the over-exercising. Um, back to the weight. If I just weighed fill in the blank, I'd be happy with my body. Well, again, a weight, it's not an arbitrary number, but it doesn't show the whole picture. And that weight won't change anything unless you change what's on the inside. And you can ask anyone who has lost a significant amount of weight. You can ask anyone who's been super shredded if they were the happiest when they were super shredded. I can tell you they weren't. They might've been happy for a second when they were on stage. They might've been happy for a day or in a week after for a photo shoot when they got those photos back. But you have to do so much in order to achieve that level of leanness that it takes a lot of the fun out of life. So unless you're cool with saying no to a lot of social obligations, not having alcohol, not going out to dinner, you know, spending a lot of time working out and doing these things, it's not always the happiest of times. And I don't think a lot of people will learn that lesson until they, until they achieve it, until they like get to that point. And they're like, huh, yep, nope, still not happy. Here I am. So just some, just some food for thought there with that lie. Um, this one, a training lie. I'm lifting as heavy as I can. And I added the note, form also matters. So not all of us, most of us don't know how much we can push ourselves. And that's why there, I always say there's going to be a really good spot for in-person training. If you've never worked with anyone in person, you oftentimes just don't know. I mean, even thinking of just like bench press, if you don't have someone spotting you, oftentimes you don't know how heavy you could bench press, which is why also don't be afraid to ask someone at the gym if they'll spot you. They will. They'll, they'll be glad to spot you. And then, then you guys can reciprocate. It doesn't matter if it's a teenage boy or an older woman, like just ask someone if, if they'll spot you. They'll, they'll love it. You can ask a trainer, ask someone at the front desk, um, but you don't know how heavy you can lift. So just examine that. Like how hard can you push yourself while not sacrificing your form? Um, this goes back to unlogging everything. A little, this little bite of this and that won't matter. And this is classic Kylie right here. This only happens to me when I'm in fat loss. And that's why fat loss is not a great spot for me. I don't, I don't pick at plates unless I'm in fat loss. It's like a triggering thing. It's this scarcity mentality, right? Thinking that a bite of this toast won't matter. Well, the bite of the toast, in addition to the bite of the mac and cheese, in addition to the bite of the ice cream, in addition to the bite of this, that, it adds up. And then all of a sudden you've got two, 300 calories of random things. I mean, that's not out of the ordinary. That's easy to do. So just understand that those things add up to be significant. Um, next up, I'm tracking consistently, except on the weekends and when I'm on my period. 
So the weekends, the weekends are what keep us in business. Weekends are hard for a lot of people. So how can you get a little more consistency over the weekend? Maybe you start with just one day and then you can add the second day. When you're on your period, you feel like you need more. So then increase your macros for that day if you're tracking or you know, make the options that instead of having a bar of chocolate, unless that's truly what your body wants, right? Then have an apple. Find some healthy ways to get those additional carbohydrates that you are craving. But then also notice the weekends come around every single week and there's two days and your period comes around every single month. So there's lots of room for error there. We keep giving ourselves these reasons to not be consistent. And that's the very thing that's holding us back from reaching our goals. But it's all because of these lies that we're telling ourselves. Um, This is another one. Again, I've been guilty of this one. It must be my hormones. Now, hormones do play a part. Hormones play a part big time. And I have had hormone experts on the podcast and I will refer you to people that can help you heal your hormones. I'm working with someone to help me heal my hormones right now. But hormones are not the scapegoat. And every expert I will send you to and you will talk to that's worth their weight in anything will address lifestyle factors first, including stress management. So it might be your hormones, but it's your hormones are a mess because you're not managing your stress properly. So in order to get your hormones where they need to be, you're going to need to slow down. You're going to need to say no. You're going to need to stop people pleasing. You're going to need to take your rest days. You might need to eat a little bit more. The hormones, it's not just a supplement that all of a sudden everything is right. And then you just start to shed fat from your body. You have to do a lot of work. So just understand that nutrition, stress management, and hormones all go hand to hand. It's a trifecta. Uh, This lie, I'll get started next week. No, you won't. If you're not going to do it today, you're not going to do it tomorrow. So let's just stop telling ourselves that lie (laughs) and either get started or stop talking about it. Oh, this is a really good one too. Everyone else has it easier than me. This one, this is clearly a fixed mindset, right? You think everyone else you see, oh, she just loses weight so easily. Oh, my husband just loses weight so easily. It's not fair. Oh, she doesn't have a job. Oh, she doesn't have kids. Oh, she makes so much money. Oh, she has a supportive partner and I don't. Oh, like nobody has it easy right now. Nobody has it easy. Like Brene Brown says, um, nobody rides for free. So I know we think it looks easy for other people, but it's not. And if you're looking at someone on social media, you guys know that is not the whole story. That is the highlight reel. And even if people are being authentic, they also don't owe you to to say everything right? Just like you don't, I don't need to know all of your story, right? Unless I've earned that. So maybe you haven't earned the right to know so-and-so's full story. You don't know what is going on behind closed doors. So 
the best thing to understand is everyone has a heart. No one has it easy. And that helps level out the playing field. Um, I'm too busy to meal prep. Well, the busier you are, the more important meal prep is. Now, if you are really busy, look for a service. There's a gazillion of them now. Just Google meal prep services. You will find one either in your area or now they deliver. You can order a box from wherever. It will come delivered to you on dry ice. You'll put it in your refrigerator and you can warm it up however you want. So that excuse is like non-existent. Grocery stores, they've got pre-made meals. Sprouts does it. Whole Foods does it. King Supers does it. They have those like home chef meals or Kroger's wherever you live. There are grocery stores that have pre-made meals. When you're cooking, if you're grilling, put a ton of meat on the grill. When you're boiling eggs, boil a ton of eggs. Look at those Kevin's meals. Like we're always posting meal prep tips on our Lift to Get Lean coaching page. It is a necessary evil and it doesn't look the same. Like my meal prep is not nearly as involved as Coach Katrina's meal prep, right? Because I'm at home, I work from home. I just, I eat super simple foods. I'm not into cooking a lot of elaborate things, but I also know if I don't have anything prepped, it's not gonna be good. I can hit my macros, but I'm gonna spend a whole lot of money at Tokyo Joe's. So I'm too busy to meal prep is a lie that we tell ourselves, go buy some Kevin's meal, some packets of tuna and some eggs, bam, your meal prep is now done. Frozen vegetables, you've got it. Um, let's see, it works for everyone else except for me. Now this is different than it's easier for her or it's easier for everyone else. So we talk a lot about the process. And a while back I made a post about it's not just about trusting the process. It's about trusting that the process will work for you. It will. It will work for you. Everyone who is succeeding at this, this healthy lifestyle, they're all doing the same thing. And it's not fasting and it's not keto and it's not low carb and it's not necessarily low fat, right? It is not anything like that. They're changing their behaviors. They're following the whole process through. They're periodizing their nutrition. That means they have a fat loss phase. They have a reverse diet. They live in maintenance. They're lifting weights. They're getting their sleep. They're going for walks. They're managing their stress. If you do these things for a very long time, it will work for you. The thing is, you get so frustrated with the lack of progress, which isn't really a lack of progress, you're just not seeing all the progress that you're making, you stop. And so you start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, never getting far enough in your first win to realize that you have a second. I am full of cliches today. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? So it will work for you if you work the process. Um, a couple that came from the crowd, why aren't my muscles getting bigger and more defined like everyone else? Well, if you're not building muscle, you got to ask yourself, am I training in a way that is going to build muscle? Am I eating enough to build muscle? Everybody wants to build muscle until they realize they got to lift heavier and eat more. And then my friend, Alex, she said this in our uh, revive group and I'll never, ever forget it. 
she said, maybe my unexplained weight gain isn't quite so unexplained. And so on Tuesday, she said, my recent weight gain is unexplainable. If you look at the data and you look at these lies that we tell ourselves, you'll see that there's a reason. And I love it. You know, we have to be real. We got to be real with ourselves. I'll tell you again, I've told myself so many of these lies, so many, but it doesn't hurt anyone except for me. It doesn't hold anyone else back from reaching their goals except for me. So, you know, being honest with ourselves, it, it's hard. It is hard to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I, I'm doing that. But once we say it, we can change it. Uh, let's see if there's anyone else's that I can say. And that, that oh, um, oh, Michelle, this was so great. A lie that she told herself was, and I can also relate to this is, it's easier for me than others. And she's talking about herself. She said, I don't give my hard work enough credit and I deal with guilt for having what I have. I have that too. Feeling guilt for being successful when so many people struggle so hard. It's not easier for you. It's, it's hard for all of us. And then that guilt for success, man, it's, it sucks, doesn't it? I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but feeling guilty for success. I felt that way in 2020 when so many people were struggling and so many of um, my friends are having to close their yoga studios and, and all the stuff in my business was thriving. And I was like, well, that's, this is not fair. This, is, this does not feel fair that I'm doing so well and they are doing so bad. But me feeling guilty about my success doesn't serve anyone, doesn't help my friends out, doesn't allow me to show up in a vibrant way for the people that I have to serve. So um, I, I don't have anything else to add to that, but that's really good. And I feel like some of you are also going to relate to that. Um, let's see. Talk about the muscles. <laughs> so that concludes this episode of the lies that we tell ourselves. I hope you don't take this as a negative thing. It really is kind of a fun thing to look at and understanding that number one, we are all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. We're all doing the hard work and you know, human behavior. It's just, it's kooky, right? We're all kooky and we're trying to rationalize what it is that we're doing or what we're not doing and why we're not seeing it. But oftentimes the answers are lying right there in front of us. So thanks again for tuning in, you guys. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Until next time. Bye-bye.